A kickback is a get-together consisting of close friends and family. It's more than a hangout, but less than a party. Be careful though, a kickback can very easily turn into a full-fledged function. I'm Michael Roy, and this is The Kickback. Hello, and welcome to my show where I talk to people that could be found at a kickback I would be having. And today, um, or tonight rather, for real, (laughs) I have with me um, Mr. Allen. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Okay, good. Oh, Oh, AKA Nino Brown Boxing. Yes, yes. Nino Brown Boxing in the building. Can you do your intro? <laughs> <laughs> this Nino Brown Boxing, I'm back in the building. <laughs> okay, shout out to the... LDBC. Okay, cool. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But okay. um, how are you today on this fine evening? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, everything's great. I just ate, so feeling real good. Yes, I'm feeling good and tired, but that's a story for another day. Um, okay, so yeah. Thank you for coming. I appreciate you coming to the kickback. Where can the people find you at a kickback? I'm normally the guy that's in the cut. Yeah. Minding my business, scoping out the room, <laughs> um, making sure the people that I came with are having a good time and they safe. Okay. And what if they're not having a good time? What if they're not safe? <laughs> Siri, you know what? <laughs> Yeah. Siri be trying to act like people are talking to her and we're not. <laughs> what happens if they're not safe? Like what happens when the people like if something's about to pop off with the people you came with? I mean, as unfortunate as that would be, I mean, I would just have to intervene. Mm-hmm. It's just my nature is how I was raised. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, and I'm, I feel like we've had an experience, so I'm going to... Yes, we <laughs> definitely have had an experience with that. <laughs> so I, we're going to get to that. But who... How long have we known each other? Exactly. Um, like I remember the day we met, but I don't remember the month, and I don't remember... Well, happy, yeah, it definitely was 2016. Uh-huh. Well, I guess this, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Who are we to each other, I guess, is what <laughs> we should explain. I'm engaged to your sister. Uh-huh. Okay. And then, so you remember the first day we met. I do not. Yeah, I definitely remember. Okay. So what happened? Um, TT. Uh-huh. She told me that she wanted me to meet her older brother. Okay. And we met outside of a sweet frog. In Maryland. That was the oh, first time I ever met Oh, shit. Okay, I do remember this. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I remember that. Um, how? Okay, so first impressions. Did you, like, what was, what was I giving, I guess, that day? Um, that evening? It was nighttime, right? Yeah, it was, okay. it was night. I know the sun was definitely down at that point. Mm-hmm. 
my first impression was, well, this is her brother. Mm-hmm. Honestly, my first impression, I, I didn't make it about you. Yeah. It was about her. Okay. I was going to like, obviously, she's introducing me to people to her family. Uh-huh. This is a big deal for her. She's taking this as serious as I am. Uh-huh. So in my head, I was meeting you. Um, I learned your name and stuff like that. But what was going on while we were face to face was completely different. And what was going on in my head? In my head, it was like, all right, cool. She liked me. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to make sure I'm making my good impression. Uh-huh. Um, all right, what's the next step after this? Like, uh-huh. The communication we had, I really don't remember. I was just focused on, Yeah. she looks happy. I look at her. She's smiling as we're interacting. So yeah. I was all good at that point. Okay, so now, no, I, I think, no, no, I don't think I know. I remember us meeting, and I remember, because um, I drove out to meet you guys. At, it was in, like, Capitol Heights. Like, you guys. No, it was, it was in Oxon Hill, Maryland. Yes, yeah, and you guys just, Southern. like, saw a movie or something, right? I don't even remember. But it's, it's the one next to that movie theater, right? Possibly. Okay. Possibly. Um. So like all that was going on in your head, I'm glad I know that now because you were like not present at all. Like you were not, you were not like, I just felt like you were just like could care less. Like you did not. See, it's, I was, I thought I was, I had a good poker face. Mm. I was like, okay, yeah. You know, he's very in tune to the conversation. He's living in the moment. But the reality I was living in my head. Yeah. I was only focused on her being satisfied i didn't care about if i enjoyed it right i didn't care about if you enjoyed it yeah. as long as she was happy about it that's yeah what to me. yeah and so she asked me like what i thought afterwards and i was like to be honest like i would just need another like meeting and she was just like well what does that mean and i was like i mean he really didn't talk that much like i was just <laughs> like I don't, I don't i don't really know what to tell you um okay so i do remember that okay um what do you do for a living <laughs> what do i do um mm-hmm. well one i have my own commercial cleaning business okay in the dmv right right i've been operating that since september 2017 uh-huh and i'm also a cyber security analyst okay. so that's my nine to five and then i have my own cleaning business okay oh listen Multiple streams Multiple of income. Multiple streams of income. That's what you, they say every millionaire has at least seven streams. Yeah, I'm working on my third right now. You right. know, it's, it's been built up. It's just I can't monetize it right now. Okay. okay. Well, you got three. I got about one. So <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to get there. Um, okay. Your journey. Where are you from? Um, from DC. Oh, you're a local. Yeah. As 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 Howardites like, like to call y'all. <laughs> yeah, they like to call me a local. Yes. Yeah, I a, like you know it's it's different types of local. Right. And I know a lot of the locals get lumped into one category, but and you don't sound like a local. Yeah, I know. Well, please don't come for me, people who listen to this, because you know it's true. You do not sound. You don't have a typical DC accent. No. Yeah. So it's funny because. I remember when I was around like 14, 15 years old mm-hmm. and I noticed myself starting to adapt to my environment in the way that I spoke and I made a conscious effort to try to change it. I know I had my moments here and there, but put me in a room with a bunch of people that grew up on the same street as me. I know I sound different. Vastly and different. 
It is what it is, you know. But why is like why why did you just you didn't like the way it sounded or? So it was um, it was just like a lot of slang that was being introduced, and everything started just popping up, and people started to like just make it a part of their vocabulary. And to me, it was just it was a waste of time. I didn't like it. I wasn't going to go around saying somebody was guh like every five minutes. <laughs> like I kept hearing that shit over and over again. Uh, yeah. and I got to a point where I understood it. I know what it meant. I knew how to use it, but I didn't want to, I just didn't want that to be a part of me. So I just, it wasn't even effort. It was just, nah, I'm good. Okay. Respect. Respect. Guh had you guh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you grew up in DC and then, and then what? And then, like, did you ever leave D.C.? Yeah, so basically, my story is, after high school, I didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. I started working. Um, actually, I had my first job when I was in high school. Okay, what was that? I was an usher at RFK Stadium when the Nationals first got there. Okay. So I was in my Washington Nationals. We just won the World Series this year. Uh, yes. Not a baseball fan, but I've been there since day one. <laughs> so... <laughs> So um, I worked there in high school. After high school, I had little jobs here and there, and uh-huh. then I went into the Air Force. Okay. Um, did my time in the Air Force, and I realized that it was not for me. I mean, so language is important, right? And you just said, like, most people who have, like, served will say, like, I served for X, Y, and Z. You said, I did my time. Like, yeah, it I was, did my time. It was, <laughs> it was a jail? Like, you did No, nah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like jail. It's just... For me, it wasn't as cracked up as everybody made it seem. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I decided to go Air Force over any other branch. Yeah. And prior to going in, a lot of people were making the Air Force seem like it was some extremely prestigious branch of military. And after experiencing it, I realized that that was all bullshit. Oh, okay. So, so let's, okay, we're going to get into it. So it was why? all bullshit. It was. I mean, I can't say, oh, it was all the same Mm -hmm. because I wasn't in the other branches. Right. But my personal experience was it was nothing special. Now, it could have been like my Air Force privilege to say that it wasn't special. Right. And people talked about, oh, yeah, the Air Force, when it comes to the physical part, they don't really do too much. But the physical was not my concern whatsoever. I'm sure that I could have thrived in any branch when it came to the physical portion right and then um just for the listeners alan lives in ghost gym so yeah shout out to ghost gym (laughs) (laughs) so the physical part was no big deal and like when it comes to the more intellectual portion i feel like the air force got a lot of credit that it didn't necessarily deserve Mm -hmm. um i mean i met smart guys and smart women in other branches and i met some extremely dumb dumb dumbass people in the air force so (laughs) I, I really didn't see the difference. Uh-huh. I mean, like, when you join the military, like, I wasn't an officer. Like I said, I didn't go to college, so I went enlisted. Right. And you have to take an ASVAB test. I did to my, I did surprisingly well on my ASVAB. What is that? What is that? Just like. So it's like, I would describe it as if the military gave um, recruits like an SAT. Okay. To okay. See how smart you are. Like, what, can you read? Yeah, like, can what? you read? But also, like, what areas are you strong in? So let's use this test to determine, like, what career path they're going to take. Okay. If someone is better with um, mathematics, let's see if we could put you in a career path that 
SUSE or whatever. Right, right, right. Engineering, engineering, computers, whatever. Like all that stuff. That's my breakdown of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did surprisingly well, but the job that I wanted, they didn't want me to have because it was like for people that had a low score. I just wanted to do security forces. I wanted to do military police. Okay. I wanted to shoot a little bit, and I didn't want to have to really do too much. Right. Some people say, oh, that's not a good attitude to have. But the thing I realized when it came to the military, no matter what job you have, you're going to make the same amount of money. Right. I'm right. Not, I wasn't some guy that's trying to be deployed all the time, so I wasn't going to get, I wasn't planning to get like hazard pay or any shit like that. I didn't yeah. care about that. But I look at like if you're a cook, Mm-hmm. Or if you're a nurse, if you're military police, or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. if you're the same rank, you're gonna get paid the same. So right. I was like, all right, well, I'll do security forces, and that's what I did. Okay. And then, so how how much time did you serve? Uh, I was in right. for I had a six year enlistment. Okay. I did my six years, and I got out. Um, I was supposed to get deployed, but I didn't. I don't know. I volunteered to get deployed. Okay. And the military, they don't really care about, like, the individual. And, like, I understand that from, um, I guess, from a mission perspective, because it's not about me as an individual, Uh but I'm still an individual. So I care about it. And they kept pushing back the deployment date. Like, every three months, they kept changing it. I was 23. I had my own apartment, and I had to figure out things on my own of, if I'm going to break my lease, I'm going to stay in it. And after a while, you know, I just started paying attention to different things they would say. Because um, I was reserved. I wasn't active duty. So when I would go to my drill on the weekends, they would say little things to people that volunteer for a deployment. Like, oh, if you don't get this done, you can't go to de- on your deployment. If you don't have your dental records updated, you can't go on deployment. So this is all the stuff that they were saying to the people that volunteered. So it would entice them to, oh, let me hurry up and get this done because I want to go into this deployment that I volunteer for. Right. Now, since I volunteer... I was locked in. But I was like, okay, at this point, I'm over it. Like, fuck this deployment. I don't want to go. And I was like, okay, well, they want me to get my dental work done. I know they're not going to pay for it. And they wanted me to get everything done at once. My my um, civilian dentist said, well, we can stretch it out over this period of time. You can get this work done. I'm uh-huh. like, okay, cool. Well, when I noticed the military wasn't, gonna, wasn't willing to pay for it because I was at my drill weekend one weekend, and I was like, oh, my mouth hurt. I'm trying to get this done. When I noticed they didn't want to pay for it, when I was in legitimate pain, yeah, um, I got that work done on my civilian side, but everything else was on my checklist that I needed to get done. I was like, I just didn't do it. Right. I was like, you know what? I'm going to hold out. And they're going to eventually say I'm ineligible, ineligible for this deployment. Right. And I got out of my deployment. It was really that simple. Okay. I mean, and especially it sounds like you realize that, like you said, they did not care about you enough to like pay for it i mean they didn't care about me enough to pay for it they didn't care about me enough to take my time into consideration yeah like my lease is my lease and i understand that people in the military get certain concessions if they're locked into a lease agreement Mm -hmm. but i just didn't feel like dealing with it yeah the stresses of constantly oh am i moving this month oh no i'm not let me push it back yeah oh let me go to my leasing office let me tell them this Oh, let me show them that my orders changed. Like I got it's tired of doing that. It yeah. is a lot. Okay, so um, the listeners at this point know that you know our family is like huge on education and blah blah blah. But we're also open minded, and 
at first when TT came home and she was telling us about you because we wanted answers, we demanded <laughs> to know. He was like, you know, she was like, oh well, he didn't go to college, so of course we were like, what? And then and then she's like, but he served in the 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 Air Force. And we were like, okay, like I, you know, I get that. And then, and then, and then the next I was like, okay, well then he's crazy. Like he must, he's, he's crazy. She was like, no, he's not a Marine. Um, I don't know. I think, so I guess my question to you is coming into our family, were you ever, and I feel like I already, I know the, the question, the answer to this question, but were you ever, was there ever something you were concerned that we might like judge you about or, or like use to like as a like a negative against you does that make sense no i get it no i didn't i didn't think that would happen mm -hmm. i already understand that no matter who i meet it's a possibility that can happen uh -huh. um i mean i feel like at this point in my life i'm doing pretty good for myself mm -hmm. i'm always trying to do better but i understand that my path was unconventional yeah but at the same time i'm okay with myself i'm comfortable with myself so if people have an opinion, they're entitled to your opinion. I'm yeah. cool with that. It's just, as long as I'm secure with myself, I'm good. Right. But when it comes to, like, your family, no. I always felt accepted. And even if it was certain doubts in the beginning, I feel like that's to be expected. Yeah. I mean, people, I mean, guys lie every day. And a person <laughs> could make this self up to be this type of person. And then the truth comes out later on. And like, oh, yeah, I knew it. Like, I knew he was full of shit. So... I knew it's like the only thing I could do is be honest with myself mm -hmm. and be honest with you guys and the truth would set everything yeah. straight. Yeah. No, I, I guess I want to say that like even if you didn't know that you were doing this, you were like opening, I'll speak for myself, my mind because I, I don't know, I wasn't pig-headed enough to, to think or believe that like college is the only way and if you yeah. don't go to college then you're stupid. But I, I, I don't know, like I guess I was just like, okay, he didn't go to college. He's a local. Like, he, he went to the Air Force. Like, I just, I started to build up this, like, very stereotypical and ignorant view of you in my mind. And when I met you, it was like, you weren't him, but you also didn't talk. So I was like, maybe he is him. Like, maybe he's not showing me who he is, but you turned out to not be him. Thank God. And then, oh, okay, so then moving on from the Air Force, after that, you, you moved back or... To well, where were you when you like were in the Air Force? Like, were you still in DC or were you? Yeah, I still. I, at the time, I lived in Fort Washington, Maryland. I had mm -hmm. my own place. Mm -hmm. And after I got done with the Air Force, Air Force completely, I worked for Department of Homeland Security. Um, I had a security specialist position with them, mm -hmm. and just like anything, facility, physical security related, you know, that was my bread and butter. Yeah, like I know I like the back of my hand. You know, to this day, to quote my man Deontay Wilder, <laughs> but <laughs> I knew it like the back of my hand, and even with that, like after a while, I got tired of it, mm -hmm. and I decided that I wanted to make a change. Mm -hmm. So that kind of segue into what I do now. Mm -hmm. So it's still security related, but I'm a self-taught cybersecurity analyst. I taught myself. Um, I put it into practice and like I studied heavily, mm -hmm. like while being in a relationship, having my own business and still working and consistently going to the gym. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I told myself the skills I needed to know. I had my first ever cybersecurity interview. I landed the job. I was surprised. Uh, I was extremely nervous, but mm -hmm. I landed the interview and 
I mean, I didn't know all this. I really didn't know that like all this self taught stuff. I really had no clue. That's like that's dope as hell and commendable, and that says a lot about your mental fortitude and like your drive. Um, we we used to have this saying for for all the the people at the kickback. I'm letting you know that Alan is a spy or an ex spy. <laughs> he decided to to come home and live a good life because he's getting married. But he used to work nights and. Um, yeah, he had like a certain level of security clearance and he couldn't really talk about the details of what you did. And so I think it was Morgan. Morgan started the whole like Alan's a spy. <laughs> and so we, we like have this joke that's that he's a spy. But like sometimes we feel like it's not a joke because I don't know. It's just a rumor. It's just a rumor. <laughs> um, okay, so next is okay so after so that's what you're doing now you have all these streams of income you're getting married is there anything on your short list like your short bucket list that you're like you know that's you want to accomplish like in this upcoming year in this year definitely um my cleaning business i'm definitely making a move as we speak okay to take it to the next level okay um, I've been in business, like I said, I've been in business since 2017 uh-huh. and I've had a lot of growing pains. Um, I've made hundred dollar mistakes. Okay. And I've learned a thousand dollar mistakes. Exactly. So I made my hundred dollar <laughs> mistakes and I'm really, I'm ready to move into that realm where like the possibility of 10,000 and hundred thousand dollar mistakes are there, but my hundred dollar mistakes have prepared me to not fall victim Right to those right thousands of dollar type of mistakes. Okay, and at least you be in the position to like recover if you made thousands. Exactly, exactly. Okay, okay. So now I'm going to ask you. This is the lightning round. Okay. I'm going to ask you some questions. This or that questions, and you just have to answer off the top of your head. You can't say neither. You can't say both. You have to pick one. Okay. Yeah, I'm focused. Okay. Uh. Blinds or curtains? Blinds. Why? Because they're they're sexier. They're more sleek. Okay. I I can agree with that. Train or plane? Plane. Okay. Apple or Microsoft? That depends. (laughs) It depends on what? So it's like, if you would ask me this question... Prior to me transitioning over to IT, mm-hmm. I would have said Apple all day, every day. When it comes to entertainment, my personal life, and my business, mm-hmm. I would say Apple. Okay. When it comes to my IT work, I'll say Microsoft, Windows all day, every day. That makes sense. It makes okay. Save or spend. <sighs> Honestly, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm going to say spend, but I have my reason for that. Okay, what? What's the reasoning? Um, I like to save. I understand that's the responsible approach, mm-hmm. but I have the mindset of if I want to spend my money, I will. But if I'm going to spend my money, I have to do it responsibly. Okay. And if I'm spending it and it's not responsible, that means I need to make more money. Right. And I love to figure out new ways to make money okay so i'll say spend okay so you like to save to spend no i like to create more income to spend okay <laughs> <laughs> okay coffee or tea tea 
honesty or other people's feelings? Honesty. Okay. <laughs> movie at home or movie at the movie theater? Am I alone or am I with someone else? Alone. Oh, definitely at home. With someone else. To the, at the movie theater. Okay. I like to go to the movies by myself. <laughs> I've never gone for the movie Oh, alone. you should lit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can't even go to the movies alone if I wanted to. Oh, cause Titi don't yeah. play that. <laughs> Not that she don't play that, but she she be trying to tag along to everything. Uh, card game or board game? Card game. Beer or wine? Wine. Uh, camping or binge watching shows at home? Oh, binge watching shows at home. Easily. <laughs> working alone or working in a team? These days, I would say working with the team. Oh, why? I have a great team at work. Okay. Uh, and I enjoy working with them. I have a lot of flexibility in my work day so I mm-hmm. can get up and I can just go joke around with my team members and pass the time if I want to. Okay. And also, like, with having my, my own business, teamwork is very important. And right now I'm trying to build a, a solid team, uh-huh. a very solid and consistent team. So, okay, yeah, I would say team. Would you say that you're a good team player? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. I understand like in a team everyone has their role. Yeah. And like with my personality I have the ability to step up and lead or I can just fall back. Right. It's just whatever okay. feels natural. That makes sense. Hot topics. Are there any hot topics? Hot topics? Yeah. Like hot, in like general? In general that you want to discuss that have been weighing heavy on your heart and soul that you feel heavy. like you you want to, like you have a platform right now. Mm-hmm. We have stopped the music at the kickback and people okay. are like giving you the floor. And you you get the mic. What are you telling people about what is happening in the world? Whether it be frivolous or whatever. Okay. I mean, that's easy for me. Yeah. When it comes to my peers well i mean at this point for this topic they're not necessarily my peers uh-huh. but people in my age group that have put in a significant amount of work and they've reached a certain point in their life where they're definitely like it's it's no doubt that they're on the right path uh-huh. but when it comes to their dating life uh-huh. they're lacking Okay. I don't understand it. What do you mean lacking? Like it's non-existent it's, or like they don't know how to treat other it's people? It's all, all of the above. Okay. All of the above. I mean, I'm like the people that want to be out here and they want to single, be single and mingle. I'm not talking about them. Okay. I'm talking about the folks that have the desire to settle down. They want to get married. They want the wife. They want the husband. They want the house. They want the kids, the dog, all of that good shit. All yeah. of that stuff that we see on romantic comedies or whatever the case may be. Uh-huh. Those folks. Okay. So what's wrong with them? I don't want, like, I meet people all the time. Uh-huh. And now I guess I'm looking at it from a different lens because I'm engaged. Uh huh. And I just don't understand. Like, I hear a lot of women say, it's not a lot of guys out here. I hear guys say, it's not a lot of girls out here. And it's a bold, it's a lie. Like, I understand <laughs> that it can be hard. Yeah. And, like, this is coming from a man's perspective. Like, for the women, it's hard out here. Yeah. And just, like, having... um men are trash. That's, <laughs> just are. having women as friends that are very accomplished, but they have great personalities as well. They're, uh-huh. a, they're a pleasure to be around. Uh-huh. And if I step in a role, like, as their matchmaker, uh-huh. and I'm trying to put in effort to find a guy for them that's not going to play them, that's not going to put in enough work just to have that good weekend, and then 
he disappears and she come back to me pissed off at me. Right. It's hard. It's extremely hard to find that. Yeah. But on the other hand, for the guys that are in the position, it's a lot of women out here. <laughs> and I don't get it at all, man. Listen, it can be tough. It can be tough. I, I can't comprehend it. It's, it's crazy because, it. Does, I mean, for me, it doesn't take much effort to meet I mean, a woman that would fit into that category, obviously, you know, reasonably attractive because I know that's subjective. Uh-huh. Has enough, basically, she has the ability to take care of herself. Uh-huh. So she's already taking care of herself. She's already accomplished enough in life considering the age that she is. Mm. It's so many out here. Now I understand, like, you know, you have some women, they have this horrible personalities and they're just not the best person to be around. Uh-huh. I get that. Yeah. But I also encounter some sweethearts and I just feel bad for them. I yeah. Okay. And there's some nice guys out here too. They get, you know, they get played. E- listen. Some dudes, you know, they don't get the benefit of the doubt because, they, you know, the brother may be 5'5", five, 5'4", five, five, but I'm like, you know, you, when you're a grown ass man, it doesn't matter. I would you gotta make You got to make it work. Yeah. And it's somebody for you. I agree. So for those of you listening, Alan is a bit of a dating guru. He has, <laughs> he has, uh, he has successfully, uh, matched several of his friends with, with people he he has been my matchmaker <laughs> um, he's been very good at it we have had some hits and we have had some misses um yeah but so okay so let's make this personal what is what is my issue like what what like what what frustrated you about me when you were like matchmaking me you're too nice uh, too nice yeah, what do you mean too, too nice, nice. It's like too nice, like too friendly. Or not, too ni- no, not too friendly. It's just well, now I'm not gonna say too nice. I'll say too polite. And so too too polite, like like I need to be more rude. Like no, not for, <laughs> see that's the thing. It's like it's you know it's two sides of the, the spectrum. Like uh-huh. you can have extremely polite, and then mm-hmm. you can have like asshole. Right. I felt like if you dial back. The politeness and uh-huh. inserted more aggression. Uh huh. It would do wonders. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's the thing. I think in a, and I'm not, I'm not about to delve into a like. It's hard to be a man in 2019. Me too. <laughs> like that's that's bullshit. Like I, I think that like it's very easy to not be a fucking rapist and a creeper. I think that. For me, I'm just hyper aware that some like that that women are uncomfortable. Like like we can make them very uncomfortable, and it just mortifies me. Like the idea that a woman could go home and talk to her friends about how uncomfortable I made her or something I did that made her uncomfortable mortifies me so much that I feel like I just overcorrect. Like I just be, I'll be out here like I do. I do not want to be a creeper at all. No, I get that, and that makes perfect sense. But I look at it like when you have a woman in front of you. Mm-hmm. And she's verbally communicated. Well, she's communicated with you that she's interested. Yeah, her body language is saying that Absolutely. she's interested. Yeah, I feel like at that point in time, when you're too polite, that can make her feel a certain type of way as well. True. I True. feel True. like like I'm not in- like I'm not interested. Yeah, like you're yeah. being polite to the point where like this, like our interaction is formal, mm-hmm. and you're giving her like co-worker vibes like I don't want you to report me to HR vibe and now yes you have the guys that make 
you have the guys that come off as a creep, but then you can have the guys that come off like, I'm not interested. But if you're not, then that's cool because yeah. that's how it should be. But if that's not the case, then sometimes you just got to let her know and you have to just give a little bit more push. Yeah. And if she wants you, I mean, she'll be she'll be here for it. Yeah. But even like the the, the word push in this context just made me cringe. Like, I was just like, oh, no, I'm going to be reported. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, for all of the, the men out there who are too polite, we need to what? Like, I guess. So first, just have an understanding of the woman that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know, like, we're all different. We're all individuals. And men and women are both guilty of generalizing the person that's in front of them. So right. after we understand the individual, uh-huh. we notice like, okay, um, I'm not going to say Jane Doe. I'm going to say, I don't know, Ebony Doe. Right. <laughs> J- Jamaica Doe. <laughs> so you have, you have her in front of you and she's communicated to you that she likes you. Mm-hmm. And she's been very consistent with and, it. And I feel the same way. And you feel the same way. I feel like the easiest way to just break that ice at that stage. Just let her know. Yeah. I mean, at this point is sometimes is it could be you and it could be the guy just, he's not reading what she, her, she, he's not reading her signals. Right. 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 But right. then you have the times where he's reading her signals. Right. And she can just be immature. Yeah. And I feel like it's better to find that out earlier than later. You can yeah. express yourself to her. You can be a grown ass man about it. Mm-hmm. An adult. Mm-hmm. and communicate with her where you don't leave anything up for interpretation. Yeah. And she can't handle it. Right. That's not an issue. That's not your issue. Yeah. That's her issue. Okay. Because okay. when you get that same energy to a grown-ass woman that's ready, yeah. she receives it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, that's how the max will get planned. That's how engagement <laughs> ring shopping start happening. And, yeah. You know... Hey man, that's when the future starts to come okay. into play. You're right. You're right. You're <laughs> absolutely right. Okay, so I mean, I uh, yeah, I, I I really feel like I'm doing better with that. Oh, you know, you definitely are. Okay, you definitely are. <laughs> I'm doing better with that. Okay, so Nino Brown, really quick, what is that? Why did Why did you introduce yourself as Nino Brown? You made an at ooh. I was about to call that man Oscar Wilde. What's his name? Oh, my gosh. Oh, Deontay Wilder. <laughs> yeah, Deontay Wilder. So, like, there's a theme here. Like, yes. let's let's talk about that part of your life. Okay, so I'm a huge boxing fan. Uh-huh. Um, back since I was a kid, my dad, he, he loves boxing. Mm-hmm. And to the point where my dad used to make me train, do boxing style training when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, get up at... 5 a.m., go running through Fort DuPont Park. If anybody from the DMV and they're familiar with that part, it's like a extremely wooded area in D.C. Used to go run through Fort DuPont Park early in the morning, like get miles in. We used to spar, used to hit the heavy bag, used to hit the speed bag. Aww. And like me, my, my dad, I, he used to let me go at it. Of course, at any moment in time, he wanted to put me on my ass. He could have. Right. But, it was like good sparring for me to the point like I mean I really love the sport my mom she didn't wanted to go further than me sparring with my dad uh-huh. in the basement and sparring with like other people I knew but it is what it is uh-huh. now fast forward a few years I really started to get into the sport of boxing like as a fan mm-hmm. and as I took the knowledge that I had from when I was younger until now um, I really I mean I just love the sport all over again so now I have a YouTube channel. 
Okay. It's called Nino Brown Boxing. Okay. I cover the current sport of boxing and all the current events that take place, like on a daily basis, a weekly basis. Um, as big fights come, even lower tier fights that casual fans. So boxing fan, hardcore boxing fans. Uh-huh. We have this term we call other boxing fans casual fans, and okay. a casual fan would be described as if you went up, to, if I went up to a random person and I would say, hey. Tell me other boxers you know. And they'll say, oh, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, uh, Muhammad Ali. Manny Pacquiao, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson. Yeah. Some may say Sugar Ray Leonard. And then that's all they really know. Yeah. Like, okay. We would consider that a casual boxing fan. I'm talking about hardcore boxing fans to the point like we know the fighters that don't speak any English. Okay. We know the guy that just came out of the Olympics. We know the guy that... Didn't even go to the Olympics, but he's a local guy. He has seven fights, but we know he has a potential. It's just he may not be mainstream. He may be a guy that has a personality similar to me that he doesn't talk at all. Right. But we, as a boxing fan, I know who he is. Right. So, I mean, on my YouTube channel, we have a, I mean, I cover fights. Um, I have a online boxing community that I'm associated with. It's a bunch of black guys called the LDBC. Um, which stands for Lions Den Boxing Community okay. so it's fun it's a lot of black guys you know we have other races a little bit of race other races sprinkled in there but I mean it's fun for me I yeah. listen to the live streams on YouTube while I'm at work um, I create videos myself okay. I don't have like a large channel I'm working on that it just takes like having a YouTube channel and building a channel takes a lot of dedication people on there with 3,000 plus videos. Yeah. I only have 400 and something videos and I got a lot of work to do. And that's when I mentioned earlier that um, I'm working on my third stream of income. So once I reach, I think it's like a thousand hours viewed or 4,000. I was one of those two. And I know it's a thousand subscribers. Uh-huh. I will be able to monetize my channel. Oh, so snap. YouTube, they'll put ads in front of my videos and when I do live streams, they have a feature called Super Chat. Okay. So let's just say if Michael's watching one of my videos and he wanted just to write a Super Chat, oh, Nino Brown boxing, I'm back in, my, back in the building, like my intro. If he wanted to put that in there, you have the option from like uh, Super Chat from $199 all the way up to $200. Oh, I've seen people get Super Chats in the hundreds of dollars multiple times in one live stream. Or some people, they get four or five bucks here. But I look at it like... That on top of the, um, the ads in your videos, uh-huh. it's an extra stream of income, and it's just a hobby. That like I make videos in my car, so it's right. You enjoy it, yeah. Like, it's so just it's, fun. It's fun yeah. for me. Okay, listen. So, boxing. Mm-hmm. You said that your mom didn't. Your your mom was concerned, right? So you're my future brother-in-law. That means you're the future father to my future nieces and nephews, right? Mm-hmm. So, is that a thing? Would you want that? Like, would you train the same way that your father trained with them? A, do you want it to go farther than the basement? B, C, are you aware of all the dangers associated <laughs> with the sport of boxing? So, yes, I'll, um, I'm definitely aware. Uh-huh. Like, what I, like, having a, being a hardcore boxing fan. Uh huh. All of the current events surrounded around the sport, uh-huh. I'm extremely aware of. I know this past year, the most boxers have died due to um, in-ring fight-related injuries wow. than 
reported in recent years. I know from what I know is more than my entire lifetime, and I'm 30. Yeah, I know that's nothing compared to the entire history of boxing. But when you're talking about more than three guys dying within this last year, that's I a mean, lot. that's a lot. Yeah. Um, what I want, what I train my kids. You know, boy or girl, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I want my okay. kids to be in shape. Right. I want my kids to be able to defend themselves. Right. Now, when it start, when it comes to beyond the basement, that will pretty much depend on them and their interests. Okay. Um, if but they, their kids like fuck their interests, right? It depends. So it depends <laughs> because it's like for at that point, kids don't really hit too hard. Okay. And kids still wear headgear. Okay. So even if they went to a gym to train, they're not getting in the ring and having any fights for another two years minimum. Right. At that young of an age. So but then but then what happens when you have to sit down and talk about beyond the headgear, right? So if they're good mm-hmm. and they're interested, isn't there a fear that you're only like indulging in interests that will continue to grow and make it and even like if they're talented, like make all of a sudden now we're having this conversation. And by we, I mean, my sister and you are having this conversation <laughs> about boxing for real. Like I said, it it all depends because I look at it like I mean, I've heard plenty of stories of current boxers where their parents didn't allow them to box and they mm. would sneak off to do it. Right. Or they would tell stories about other people that they knew that their parents didn't allow them to, and they snuck off to do it, and they did it in a in an environment where it wasn't necessarily safe. Right, or like controlled. Or like, yeah, it wasn't controlled. Right. They didn't have the proper technique, but since they were, it was being withheld from them, they just like went after it by any means necessary. So right. it's, for me, like I'm not going to just like, oh, expose my kids to sports. Right. Like I like business as well. I like making the idea of making money. So I wouldn't just be wake up, let's spar, let's train, do some push ups. No, I I wanna make sure that they're um definitely introducing to other things. So it wouldn't just be boxing. Right. I'd rather for them to use their brain to make their money, but every child is different. Right. And you may I could give birth to the next Muhammad Ali or the next Deontay Wilder or the right. next Earl Smith Jr. or I can give birth to the next entrepreneur that changes the world as we know it right i just look at it like if they're meant to do it it's going to get done whether i like it or not yeah and at the end of the day is it something positive yes yeah can you have a negative outcome yes i mean malcolm x to me he did positive things in his life ended tragically too because of the, the choices that he made yeah so it's him and martin yeah so at that point it's just like you can go down the intellectual path and, and use your still, brain to make money and right. use your brain to create a legacy but still fall victim to violence. So at that point, I would just have a conversation with my kid. Now, if I had a child that was reckless, yeah, I would definitely restrain them from being around that so much. Yeah. And if I have a kid that I feel like they can sit down and they, make, can, they can make like a reasonable decision considering their age, then I would just take it at one day at a time. Yeah. Um, but I know it will be like a different feeling from seeing your kid knocked out for the first time because it will happen. Yeah. And how Jesus. they bounce back, how just how I react to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how my future wife, how she reacts to it as well, because it's not just about me and it's not just about the kid. Right. And we'll just have to go from there because 
they make say, oh, fuck boxing. Right. I want to be an MMA fighter oh, or I may, I may want to be a football player or oh, my it, can God. Be, it can be a lot of different things they may say I want to join the military I would rather for my child to be a boxer than join the military okay. any day every day and okay. I'm talking about I would rather want to be a boxer than a cook in the military right. so <laughs> yeah I mean all I could do is expose them to enough activities where they're able to come to a reasonable conclusion of what path they want to take their life in. <laughs> I mean, I am stressed out. So, so I mean, I, I don't know. And that, that speaks a lot to, I guess the growing and we never know, right. We say all this stuff and then we, then we have the thing that like shits and eats and we're looking at it and then like attitudes change or maybe they don't change or they strengthen or weaken in different areas. But like right now I fully intend on not like, telling my kids what they can and cannot do with certain things but like but at the same time like hell yeah like i mean i get that i just i don't know i don't know i'm like i think i'm so it's the same thing with guns like i just i am so (laughs) shook i'm just so shook that it would be like it's gonna be like a bad word in my house you know like like did you just say the b word did you say boxing like we don't do that around here i'm just i i don't even know if your kids are boxing, like I, I don't even know if I could show up to watch. You know, like it just. It's, see, hard. and I've, I've thought about that, and things could flip because your sister has a similar opinion that you have. Yeah, but what if things flip and I realize, like, yeah, I can't deal with this, and she becomes like super into it. Yeah, she can become super into it. Yeah, she's really competitive. Yeah, or it can flip, and I can have this whole reality that my son would be a boxer but what if my daughter excels at it and my son he's mm. the classroom kid yeah he's trying to you know own his own business and there's Layla Ali yeah she, exactly she so a- it's it's different thing I mean I could look at it a different way like could I really handle seeing my baby girl that looks just like my future wife getting punched in the face Oof. that would be hot down that would be difficult for yeah. me and that would definitely um put things into perspective yeah if I put it like this if I had a daughter first uh-huh. and I could not deal with her being punched in the face, no other child that comes after her will be, be punched in, boxing. in the face. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. There, there's no way. I don't know. There's uh, watching kids get punched in the face. Like they're just saying it out loud. Don't even sound right. Uh, and I'm so squeamish and the cutting of the eyes and stuff. I just can't. I, I really can't do it. Um, okay, so that's Nino Brown Boxing. Wanted to plug your show. Everybody go to his YouTube channel right now. Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> uh, and okay, so I normally have my icebreaker cards with me, but I do not. I left them in New York. We are coming to you live from, even though he is a DMV native, we are in Pennsylvania at my parents' house. I left the cards in New York. So. I am going to ask you a question, though, that like I've drawn from the cards before that I think I want to ask you, which is what to this day, if you're willing to share, what is your biggest regret and why? I would say my biggest regret. Yeah. Honestly, my biggest regret, I would 
I would have to say not being more aggressive with maintaining relationships with people in my family that I feel like I could have a better relationship with today. Okay. Yeah. That wow. would be my biggest regret. Okay. And like, you don't have to name names, but like, no, it's, I mean, mainly it's like, I never had a direct falling out with any member of my family. Okay. It's been like other family members having a falling out and I've just been on the sidelines. I normally I just mind my business and mm-hmm. I let people do them. I don't right. have a, any type of ill feelings towards either party. I understand people have their differences and I understand there's two sides to every story. Right. But both parties may not handle it the same way. Uh-huh. So I I have a sister that I love dearly. It's just within the last, I would say more than a few years, about five years, uh-huh. our communication hasn't been the best at all. Mm-hmm. And it's no direct issue that we had with each other it's right. just a falling out that she having another member of my family uh-huh. and that definitely trickles down to my relationship that I have with my niece uh-huh. and then my nephew uh-huh. and then even like while this was going on my sister had I don't even know the exact name I think two baby girls after that and my niece had a daughter as well Wow. Um, my niece was born when I was 8 years old so uh-huh. that would make her like what 21 now yeah yeah she's 21 now yeah she's drinking yeah so <laughs> as like the relationship with my niece like growing up we were really close i was like her big brother and uh-huh. like right now like i haven't seen my niece since she was like 15 years old wow i mean i've seen my nephew but my nephews he's like socially awkward uh-huh. and when i see him he just like put his head down and he look away uh-huh. and that shit annoys me but <laughs> I feel like if I was if I put in more effort to be around yeah more like more present yeah he wouldn't I feel like he wouldn't act like that I could be wrong but I feel like my presence and my personality he wouldn't act like that right and I haven't even met my at this point my great niece damn I'm 30 with a great niece yeah but I haven't met my great niece and I haven't even met my other nieces so it kind of sucks and I don't like it but that's right that's definitely my biggest regret okay and so if I know you you're like you're about action. You're a go-getter. So like, yeah, what, I mean, what are you I, doing? I, reached, I, re- I reached out to my niece. Okay. And I told her I want to, um, like, man, her, I'm going to pick her up. We're going to go out for lunch. Okay. And Was she receptive? Yeah, she she was. Okay. But then, like, you got a 21-year-old with a baby. Mm, you know, mm. she still thinks she's grown. So the communication hasn't been as Best. good as I would want it to be. But I'm not, you know, that stuff not going to stop me. Right. I mean, like, when my nephew is a little different, he's still a kid. Mm-hmm. And his communication is damn near non-existent. Right. So I can, I could talk to my niece on social media. I can text her. She got her own phone. Right. I understand. And like, she pay her bone bill, I think. But right. that just shows how detached I am. Shit, I don't even right. know. <laughs> but, no, nah, yeah, I'm, I've been, I definitely applied action to it. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't use the excuse that my sister is, keeping anybody away from anyone because like I don't know that to be the case right but right. at the same time my niece is grown so mm-hmm. I could reach out to her myself right. and that's what I did so you you mentioned relationships with your niece nieces yeah. your nephew and your sister but you only mentioned action items when it comes to your niece and your- well yeah because when my um, like I've seen my nephew okay when I've seen him I've made those efforts and right. I tried and it's just I have to be around him more. Right. But what about your sister? I mean, I reached out and it's like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Yeah. It's like when I reach out to her and we talk, everything's fine. Right. But when it comes to be, when it comes to 
talking beyond just text messages or a Facebook message or a short yeah. phone conversation here and there. It's not. It hasn't. It hasn't satisfied me. Right. Um. She's excited about the wedding that's coming up. Yeah. You know, she's made she it all that. Yeah, she's made okay. it all that. She she'll be there. She can't wait to meet TT. She's oh. excited about that. So I mean, that's definitely a plus. I feel like this upcoming June will definitely um will definitely help. I feel yeah. like one of the one of one of my missions of that day outside of getting married mm. is to um have a, a brief conversation with my sister. Yeah. And so me and her we can establish an understanding going forward. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. I'm happy for you. And I and I appreciate you coming to join our family and Titi joining yours. And I couldn't have been more lucky um with the type of man that you are because it could be really fucked up and way worse (laughs) (laughs) um okay so the last question i always ask people is you're there's a listener out there who has identified with something that you said address either like i mean it could be the younger version of you or you know i guess what what kind of like words of wisdom do you feel like you want to leave the people off with i would say if it's like a younger version of me if Mm -hmm. it's not it's just you're young okay you're young Mm -hmm. i would say grind in your 20s grind your ass off in your 20s okay um be okay with making mistakes. Be okay with falling on your face. Be okay with if your route is conventional and you feel that it's, that is boring, but if that's your role, take it. If your route is unconventional, it's your role, accept it, keep it pushing. I just say, just put in a bunch of work and whatever goals you have, just go after it. It doesn't matter if it's career goals, romantic goals, um, family-related goals, or even if you, you know, want to go to the gym like whatever goals it is just write down your goals and just try to do at least one thing even the smallest thing every day to attack it and as long as you do that you should be satisfied with yourself and fuck with anybody else thing listen that's that is a word (laughs) thank thank you so much for coming to the kickback i appreciate you everybody write down your goals and hopefully I can have you back with TT and we can like <laughs> talk about <laughs> like a counseling session. Yeah, a counseling <laughs> session. Talk about all the like icky gooey relationship stuff. But um, yeah. So thank you, sir, for coming to the kickback. I really appreciate you. And until next time, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here. <laughs>